Whether raising livestock is a part of a county fair project or it's your livelihood, you've got to have a processor ready to take that meat animal when it's ready. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. If you've experienced delays in getting your animal harvested due to supply chain hiccups over the past few years, you'll be glad to hear that in the past 12 months, more than a dozen new meat processors have opened in Wisconsin. One of these processors is Polly's Chop Shop in Luxembourg. Owner Paul Weary says the state meat processing grants actually helped him get off the ground. He tells me what it takes to open a meat processing facility and how he's already getting ready to expand. First, he introduces me to the business. I'd say on average we're about 10 to 12 beef a week and pigs were probably about 10 to 12 as well. Kind of hoping to increase some numbers a little bit as we go and then we opened our uh, retail store the week of Christmas. And that's been going extremely well for us, too. We're always trying to come out with different products um, for our customers to try. Um, <clears throat> we got like six or eight different type of snack sticks, uh, cheddar hot dogs, regular hot dogs, um, different summer sausages. We just started making pizzas, too, as part of our business. So, So, Paul, why is this something you wanted to do? I think the biggest reason I wanted to do this is growing up when I was younger, I was like going deer hunting and kind of making um, different sausage and stuff, different summer sausage and that kind of stuff with my grandpa and just kind of how I got into it. And when he was younger, he actually worked at like three or four different uh, meat suppliers in our area and stuff. Paul, did you need any special kind of, uh, did you go through any type of education to become a meat processor? I did take uh, Madison Area Tech College has a, like a certificate program that you could take and I went and took that but also just working I worked at autos um, when I was in high school I had a youth apprenticeship that I worked at there for a year um, which is really kind of how I got started into it and then from there I went and worked at March and stuff in Brussels and that's kind of where I learned a lot of my trades and stuff from them um, the biggest thing is like your state licensing with your inspectors and stuff and being in good standing with them to stay in business did Luxembourg need a meat processing facility? A lot of communities you have to call to get in somewhere a pretty good distance. At the time, it definitely seemed like it was a very good thing um, to come to the area where we are. I mean, growing up here, uh, knowing a lot of people in the community, and there was definitely a big need for it, um, just with all the farms we have in the area and people always looking to get either beef or pork in uh, to get processed and stuff. Um, kind of in this area, the numbers have slowed down a little bit, though I know that they're not as backed up as what everywhere else is right now or was. Um, I mean, you can pretty much easily get into any of the ones in the area here right now. So, I mean, if there's people down south or west or east looking for appointments up in this area, there's definitely openings for people to get in. So, And you said you're doing about 10 to 12 head of beef a week and about 10 to 12 head of pigs. Do you do any other animals? Not at this point. We don't do any um, any other animals like lambs or stuff. We might get into that a little bit later. I just kind of wanted to focus on those two main ones to start. Um, we are going to do wild game processing, I think, starting in fall with venison and stuff. And I don't know to what extent if we'll actually do, like, cutting and stuff or if we'll just do the further processing with sausage and stuff for the first year to try it out and make sure it works right and then go from there because the hard part is is either have to be able to put them in a separate cooler or be able to keep them away from the pork and beef to separate it. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you, venison's your first love, so I was wondering if you were going to do some of that. How are your appointments looking? You said, so you have openings? We have tons of openings. I mean, every week we can 
we can get people in if they are looking. I mean, like I said, we're we're trying to grow into more as we as we go here. I mean, we kind of have a great group of employees that have really caught on fast or had a lot of experience coming in. Um, it really helped as we started up to make the transition into a new business very smooth. Um, so I think everybody kind of really caught on quick to the way we do things here had brought in great experiences from other places and really kind of helped to boost us into where we are and kind of helping us continue to grow as we as we go. I wanted to get a sense from you of what it takes to open up a, a meat processing facility. You talked a little bit about gaining your skills to become a, a meat processor, but what about getting the licensing, getting the building, getting employees? Can you walk us through what it takes uh, to start this type of business? Yeah, there's definitely a lot to it. I mean, there's there's the building part of it alone. Um, I mean, that just the building here took us, I want to say it was probably 15, 16 months. We have a little bit different type of building. It's called what they call EPS panels. So we could take any pretty much any room in this building and actually put a refrigeration unit in it later on if needed, and it would become cold. Um, it's kind of a different, unique uh, type of building. It's basically all insulated. It's very efficient. So on that standpoint, it was definitely a different type of building. We weren't really sure how how well it was going to go on that end, but things went fairly well um, in the building process, and we were able to get it done and stuff. But, I mean, that's definitely one side of it alone is just how to design a plant, figuring out where you want things is definitely a big thing. And and then also the equipment, too, that's really uh, another big aspect of it, finding the right companies to work with, um, you know, what you need, what you don't need, um, what's kind of a want for later as you go is definitely really a a big decisioning factor. You know, there's so many different things of equipment out there that you could use in this industry or especially, you know, like today I might need this type of stuffing machine for hamburger bags, but maybe in a year I could use a different machine that can have more options to do stuff for us. And then from like a inspection standpoint, there's a, a lot to do with what they call HACCP plans. So like kind of each product you make has different things or different guidelines you follow. Um, like for our plant, we have seven different plans that we, we have in place. It's kind of just like how you keep your food safety stuff in place or plans of action to keep things running smoothly for like temperatures and all those kind of things. Paul, were you able to take advantage of any meat processing grants from the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, absolutely. We actually had two of them that we had uh, been rewarded with, which is really nice, especially just starting out to be able to to get some of that grant money to help us get going. I mean, the thing is with with this industry, it's not a cheap industry to get into. I mean, there's a lot of cost into it. You know, a lot of your equipment is made out of stainless steel to to be able to keep the cleanness and everything like that. So that alone just is really a big cost of equipment and everything like that. So it was really it was really nice to be able to get some of them grants to help us out with some of this stuff. Do you have your eyes on any of the other state resources that are kind of coming online between the HACCP trainings and the meat processing school and, and more meat processing grants? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a grant here in July that we are going to be applying for to kind of help us with two more pieces of equipment that we're looking at um, hopefully getting to help speed up our processes and kind of help the employees out a little bit more so they're not so labor intensive I mean, 
when you look at the meat industry today from where it was 40, 50 years ago, I mean, the labor intensity has really cut down. It's just become so much more efficient, but there's definitely things out there that can help keep making it more efficient. And then, like, the HACCP training stuff, that's very, very important, too. We actually have five people that are certified HACCP trained at our plant already um, and maybe look to get more as we go. It's just a very good thing to help keep um, the food safety things in place and making sure people are understanding why we need to keep things clean and the way we do things here. Paul, not only are you providing a, a service for your community, but you're also involved with your community. I saw on your Facebook page that the local 4-H group came to the meat processing plant. Can you tell me about some of the ways that you're engaging with uh, the youth in your community or, or attending any other events? So we had the beef project and the pork project come into our facility, and then we did um, kind of showing them a breakdown of like where all the cuts come from on a beef and a pork. Um, it was kind of, um, they do it kind of every year, I think, just because we were a new plant, they wanted to come here, but then we took it a step further and wanted to show them, you know, like kind of where all the cuts come from because it's kind of important, you know, all these, these kids show at the fair, and I think it's just unique for them to actually see, like, what their project actually turns into and where they can get all the stakes from and just kind of helps as young young people to get them when they become older so they know kind of where all the cuts from, come from if they ever want to order a half a cow or a quarter cow so they can be like, well, I know where my ribeyes come from or I know where my tenderloin comes from, that type of stuff. So I think that was definitely a, a big um, big thing this year, just kind of showing that. So I'm hoping we can continue to do that further in the next coming years as we as we go along. I think it was really cool and unique. Um, and kind of some of the other stuff, you know, like Luxembourg has a toy show that they do every year. And I think we're going to do some of the food for that again. We've been doing that the past, the past couple of years with um, our farm. So, like, before we started this, we actually used to um, get our meat processed at other places. And then we would sell it off of the farm. And then that's kind of the reason we got into this as well, is we actually have about 500 hogs that we raise. Um, eighty South Fair to finish operation, and that we just kind of wanted to be able to have that here to be able to have a retail store instead of just trying to sell it off of the farm. So that's kind of what really another reason that really pushed us into doing uh, the whole meat processing plant. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, so Paul, now I want to ask. Uh, you're about six months in. What's next in these next six months? I know you mentioned applying for another meat processing grant to get some uh, equipment to ease up on labor intensity. But what else? What are you looking forward to in the next six months? I think the next six months is really going to be focused on growth. Um, I mean, trying to come out with a ton of different products. I mean, we every every two weeks or so, I'd say we were coming out with a brand new product that we have in line. And I think a lot of people like that because it's something different in the area than what all the other places have is we have kind of some of the more unique things uh, like specialty burgers, that type of stuff that we're coming out with. Um, We're going to start doing like marinated chicken breasts, um, different flavored broths, like a mac and cheese broth, a chicken alfredo broth, um, just that kind of stuff. I think it's just kind of unique things that people might be be interested in or if they can get it here that they don't have to travel so far. Um, We're also trying to do some things with some of the other local businesses. Like we just actually started selling some different types of breads that type of stuff. We have some maple syrups, um, an old-fashioned mix that we sell here from some other places. Um, we're just trying to use our um, retail storefront as like a meat place, but then also like if other people have different things to sell, because it, you know, we might bring people in for the meat and then they might buy something like that. So that would be 
kind of helping beneficial to our business, but other businesses as well. On the flip side, what are some of the challenges or obstacles that meat processors are facing today, in particular newer meat processors like yourself? Um, I mean, I still think it's a big thing with the labor, too. I mean, we are we are very blessed with the, the employees, like I said, that we have. I mean, an amazing group of people, but I know that's definitely a big struggle um, with getting started is finding the, the people that know how to do this or being able to train people that can do this. That's definitely, I would say, probably the number one challenge. I would say another big challenge is, is always, like, your asset plans and stuff. There's always constant changing and stuff. I mean, you could... You could have a person hired just for that to be able to, uh, to manage with the, the paperwork and making sure everybody's doing everything right and keeping everything clean. It's, it's definitely a job in itself on that. And, I mean, those are probably your, the two biggest challenges I think a lot of uh, the meat processors are facing in the area. Just because we've been talking so much about the meat processing grants, do you see those as a necessity in starting an operation like this? Yeah, I mean they are they are very beneficial. I think they really helped out, especially here and other meat processors that are trying to start up. I mean, it's like I said, it's not a it's not a cheap industry to be in. I mean, nothing is nowadays. But I mean, just between a building and the equipment and all that, it's really expensive to to get going. I mean, it definitely helps out, or even like the older plants that are starting to get out of it because they don't want to update, or the people are just wanting to get out of it because of their age. So a younger person wants to buy it has to do updating to it, and that costs money as well. So I think overall it's definitely a great thing that has been beneficial in the, the meat industry overall. It's just over the years it has gone from, you know, the, the older style to the newer style and just being able to update to the, the newer style and the, the ways of cleaning and keeping things clean and efficient. Um, are very, very important. Um, so I think that's very beneficial of having these grants to help. Paul Weary of Polly's Chop Shop joining us out of Luxembourg. He's one of about 15 meat processors to open their doors in the past year. He was also a recipient of a couple meat processor grants from the state. Despite some of the challenges regarding labor and keeping up with regulations, Paul is excited to continue moving forward and expanding the business. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.